Welcome back to Autopsy of a Horror Movie. My name is Brucker, and I am joined with Orlene today. And this is Horror Bites number four. We are discussing the Netflix series Wednesday. Specifically, we are talking about episode one, Wednesday's Child is Full of Woe. Hello, Orlene. How are you doing? Hey, Brucker. I'm great. I'm so excited to talk about Wednesday. Yes, we are. We are both far long into the series i believe you said that you have actually finished all eight episodes i am Mm -hmm. i only have about two or three three episodes left in this but uh so far let's kind of have like a general discussion so far just like very quickly if like a minute or two just how much we're enjoying the series as a whole and whether or not you would recommend people to check this out if they haven't checked it out yet oh i'm i've really enjoyed the show the word i would use is fun it is like horror light supernatural ish just fun gothic um weirdness and i would definitely if those things appeal to you definitely check it out because yes it is inspired and it resembles a bunch of different things but it's definitely its own unique fun show oh 100 percent. i have been having so much fun with this this is I'm actually genuinely surprised at how much I've been enjoying it. And we talked about it, I think, like the last Horror Bites episode we did. But I I grew up, you know, generally liking, like, spooky horror stuff. But I wasn't wasn't exactly raised on Adam's family and everything. Like, I saw those movies when I was a kid, but I really mm-hmm. rewatched them for kind of like the first time uh, last Halloween or this Halloween. And I don't know. I'm... I'm I didn't know what to expect because I don't have a whole lot of history with, with this character or really the Adams family as a whole. It's been very fun. I think you and I were talking about this earlier that this is a nice kind of whimsical sort of show, spooky, magical thing to kind of just, you know, just slink right into. I've been enjoying the world that Tim Burton and company have been building around this. The casting mm-hmm. has been so good. Um, I, I've, I've been surprised at how much I've been enjoying this show. Yeah, I and I won't say um it's not perfect by any means but it is fully its own thing and i just love um yeah i the look and feel and vibe and like getting to hang out in this weird world mm-hmm. and it, it's very fun because they're kind of doing this thing where monsters and powers and magical things do exist in the it's real like world all of it all yeah. of it <laughs> and it's fun because it's it, it it does this thing that I like that the the normies, as they call them in the show, are aware that this stuff does exist, but they mm-hmm. kind of just see them as out outcasts is, is what they say a lot in this. So I like that it isn't kind of like a Hogwarts situation or Harry Potter situation where it's like, oh, we got to hide from the muggles and pretend that we don't have these powers. I like that they're just open about that. And it's um, I, I think that's purposeful in terms of a lot of the themes about being an outcast and being rejected by certain groups of people and um, prejudice that come with that sometimes. Um, but I like, I like the openness of that with the magical and the normies. Yeah, I agree. I didn't really grow up with Adam's family either. I'd say in terms of black and white monster classics, I was much more of a monsters uh, oh, okay. family. So for example, when I saw this um, and I saw Enid, Wednesday's roommate, my first thought was Marilyn, um, who was the member of the Munsters family who was like the normie, but they all kind of made fun of her because she was so quote unquote weird mm. and like didn't fit in with them. <laughs> oh, that, that's interesting and fun. 
But yeah, I I really like it. And I think the pilot is such a good introduction to the characters and Nevermore and the world in a way that even I'd say the rest of the show veers away from. The pilot feels really like a fun place to be. The pilot is very fun and it does establish a lot of things that, you know, that sets up the season. I mean, that's kind of the purpose of the pilot. But I, just to kind of like have like a bird's eye view of this, I find it interesting with how shows have, have now evolved for the streaming platforms. And that it doesn't really feel like that there is a true, in like the traditional sense of like a pilot episode, like mm-hmm. it is the first episode in the terms of that it's establishing what the season, the, the, the kind of like laying out the groundwork for the season and the, establishing these characters, establishing questions for you to think about mystery stuff um, and, uh, and some dynamics with certain people. Uh, I re- very much like that, but. With the streaming stuff, you know, it's not so much as like, okay, here's like one pilot episode. Let's hope it gets picked up in a, right. in a traditional sense. It's now like, all right, here's our pilot season. Let's see if people <laughs> like it and run with it. And I, it's the evolution of that is very interesting because the because normally when you go back and watch older shows, the pilot is so different from the rest of like the first season or like the show as a whole. Uh, but it's, I just find it interesting about like, right, they now have to like really be forward thinking, like, all right, how are we going to pilot eight hours worth of content and hope people like it to continue to a season two. I agree. It actually reminds me of uh, one of my favorite modern shows and how it landed in the world um, is Battlestar Galactica. Oh, nice. Way back before they even remade the show, they launched a, uh, like a TV movie that was essentially their pilot. And we watched it, and then we had to wait like 18 months for it to become a show. <laughs> it, that, I feel like that ages me so much because now we hear like, oh, they're making a remake of the show. But they actually like tested out in reintroducing Battlestar Galactica to audiences and then saw how people reacted. It's kind of like uh, today they don't do that so much, but like, kind of like with... Uh the right now popular James Cameron's new Avatar movie. That's kind of like why they Mm. re-released the first Avatar movie was just see if there's still like a public interest in this franchise that he's trying to build. Which, I mean, I saw the first Avatar in the theaters and it was really beautiful, like visuals and really interesting stuff. But I don't really remember anything about it. (laughs) (laughs) I did not see it in theaters. I watched it in the way that he intended was a two-nighter event on a VHS on a TV at home. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe it was DVD by then. But uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I haven't been very drawn to that movie. But um, being drawn to things, let's go ahead and you want to talk about Wednesday, episode one, Wednesday's child is full of woe. Um, let's kind of just kind of take a stroll down this this ep- this episode kind of like plot point by plot point and we'll stop every now and then to talk about things that we found interesting but so this movie oh wow not this movie this show <laughs> excuse me uh this show automatically starts out with the real world at nancy reagan high school i believe nancy reagan high school it's a great touch <laughs> yes yeah that is great and i love the the bus that we see of it of her and then we automatically see Wednesday walking down the hallway and she is, you know, donned in black and everything else around her is so colorful. I will say it was very 
disorienting because me going into this knowing that this is like a tim burton production Mm -hmm. it was so disorienting me seeing like wow there's so much color there's a lot of light in this (laughs) it isn't like a a foggy day at nancy reagan high school but uh (laughs) it's very much trying to show how much of a uh outcast she is yeah the contrast um and something that i was very surprised with was that this show automatically shows you that Wednesday Adams in this version has psychic abilities and she has this vision when she's trying to see who who's been bullying Pugsley uh, so that she can enact revenge. Um, but uh, we find out it is something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it, she's recently started having visions. Yes. Yeah. She's been having them for just like a few months, maybe possibly a year at this point that she hasn't been telling anyone, but I, is is this something new to the character too about her having powers and like her mom also being like a seer as well? Is that kind of new to the character? Because I don't recall those from like the '90s films that I watched. Oh yeah, they were not part of like the the Ricci era, we can call it. Um, yes. <laughs> and as far as I know, she didn't have visions in the original show. But we're also talking about like illustrated characters who became I think comics who became shows who became movies who are now being reimagined yet again a hundred years later maybe um, (laughs) almost and so like talking about what the original is gets very difficult Mm -hmm. and I, I I'm always I do like that they they added that kind of spin to this because it it kind of makes her going to Nevermore Academy slightly more fitting because she's also she's not she's an outcast in the sense of that like yes she is she has like different tastes and everything from other people and views the world from a very different lens but she also has abilities um because i think it would have been a little bit of a stretch that she's going there just because she is like a literal outcast in the sense of that you know just because she wears black yeah exactly (laughs) just because she's goth yeah so i do like that they added that i thought that was very fun and again it's a whimsical sort of spin to this that you know she is she is different and she has these abilities but um it's not too different because that does that is an actual possibility in this world that people know about so it's it's cool i actually like the the psychic abilities in this yeah i think it ties to a a teen trope that we see again and again which is not only do i feel different socially there's something about me that's actually different Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something that is unique about me that makes me unique, and it's mm-hmm. not just because of, I'm goth. Yeah, um, <laughs> I did very much enjoy when she does go to enact revenge on the bullies for um, shoving Pugsley in, <laughs> in his locker. We get that awesome song from Inception. That's like their their kicker song. Um, it's a French song uh, I, that I will not even attempt to pronounce, but the English translation is no, I have no regrets. Um, but uh, when she drops the piranhas in, in the pool, it's uh, I love that song in this. Yeah, it's uh, Edith Piaf classic, Non, je ne regrette rien. Thank you. <laughs> um, and it's it's brilliant, and it really helps zero in on right away who is this character, and she is ruthless. 
like these piranhas, she has teeth. Yeah, I, I like it. And it's yeah. so that it there she is still a very edgy Wednesday from that we're kind of used to. And the 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 crack of the smile that she can't help but I, uh, but show it's uh, so good. Jenna Ortega is great in this. She, she's Jenna Ortega, casting. amazing. Like she, I read an interview where she talked about like letting every muscle in her face like go slack in order to say some of these lines and have no expressions except when she wanted to, which she does some subtle like eye stuff and mouth stuff and oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel like. It's really hard to sell a like 16-year-old psychopath. Right. And I like that the show isn't trying to make her that. Like she has feelings, she's protective, but she's not afraid to be ruthless. You know, that's a good point to bring up right here about how she does have feelings, but she decides to not show them and you know, she is repressing a lot of things and the this the pilot episode specifically really harps a lot on that because there's several times throughout the episode where she kind of explains how she doesn't like to show emotion, she doesn't like to show weakness, and mm-hmm. or she thinks it is a sign of weakness. Um, and it is a contrast to not just her peers, but also her parents because her, her parents, parents are very much infatuated with each other, and uh, I love Gomez and Morticia as a couple and everything. And she is saying how. She does not want to be like them. She is rejecting uh, specifically her mother in this. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of surprised that they added in this element of her wanting to get outside of the shadow that her mother has cast on her. I found that like as an interesting shade to this. I, I really liked that. I also think it's kind of interesting because it's true, even in internet memes, who's the goth queen? It's Morticia. Mm. Morticia is the role model. Morticia's marriage is the thing you want. Morticia is the cool, um, like feeling, but uh, goth and serious. And I don't know. She truly has like a warm black heart. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean that as a compliment. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. Like you said, like even like the internet memes she is the person that you think of and wednesday is just wanting so much to not to be her and and i found it interesting because uh this is kind of skipping ahead a little bit but when they do drop her off at nevermore um she does tell her mom that she doesn't want to be anything like her and that you know you're you're a housewife you stay at home you have a loving <laughs> family i don't want any of that that is that's just that is you that's not the path i want i, I find that interesting i loved it also I've seen so much debate and like teeth gnashing over the casting of Luis Guzman. And I just want to say, I love how warm they made his character because that feels very right. Mm-hmm. He is not goth king. I mean, in, in the previous movies, um, I think it was Raul Julia who plays Gomez, who is amazing, but like, He's not a goth king. He's like suave. He's cool. He's warm. He has feelings. He just loves Morticia. Yes. And he also loves his daughter Wednesday. I, no. I, I, took oh. a, I took a note of all of the little cute pet names that he has for Oh, I love them. For them. He calls her my little viper, my little storm cloud, my little death trap, my little black cloud. Um, I love them all. And he says them so warmly. Mm-hmm, he does. Yes. I, I will say, admit, admittedly so, when I watched the trailer, I was one of those people was like uh, uh, about Luis Guzman. I was like, mm-hmm. ah, 
and it's a very surface level selfish reason but i was like give me give me like a really sexy gomez that's like kind of like what i wanted but like you said it the the character needs to be very the character needs to be very warm and that is what he brings to this and everything um i think also we don't know that we won't get sexy gomez i think it's important not to look at his body type and go like oh he can't or won't be sexy because that's not what they're trying to sell exactly no that's a good point and i think i think just personally i've always been like how with antonio antonio banderas right there all these years how has he never played gomez <laughs> Um, it's kind of my thing. <laughs> but if you look at the original illustrations, mm-hmm. Gomez does not look like Antonio Banderas. Yeah. Okay. Here, actually, I haven't actually looked at the original. Oh, so I believe Charles Adams, two Ds, uh, is the original illustrator. Charles Adams. Oh, mm-hmm. that's fun. And if you look at the art of Charles Adams, uh, Gomez is not like this sex appeal king i mean he might be in his actions but when you look at him you don't go oh my gosh yeah yeah i see yeah he he, he kind of just looks like a you know like a good dad you know like a, like a guy a family He's just man. like a guy yeah. who happened to be able to like court morticia who we should also note i think the way morticia is dressed the makeup, the hair, she's very glam. She's very, um, look at my body. Like the hmm. dress really hugs her curves when she walks. She's like floating. And I feel like Wednesday, the way she dresses, the makeup, the approach to beauty is also a reaction to like, I'm not trying to look like you. I'm not trying to be like you. This traditional glam vision. I also wonder though how much of it is also like more because trying to keep in mind that she is still a teenager she is still like a high schooler and like how much of it is like morticia i mean i'm I'm assuming a lot here with with, with the parenting of of morticia in this but just from at least like my experience with seeing like my sisters being raised and stuff like that the the whole you don't need makeup yet wait till you're older like that whole thing and her being like curating like a little bit of her style some because she's still like morticia does wear all black and mm-hmm. so does wednesday wednesday is kind of like the same thing at least that sense but you're right in that it's uh less i guess like it's not i don't i don't want to say revealing but it's like less sexy stuff you know <laughs> yeah i feel like I, I feel like wednesday is in in addition to like yes she's a teenager she is trying to dictate how people receive her Mm-hmm. True. True. Through her clothes, through her mannerisms, through everything she does, when she chooses to smile, when she lets out an emotion, like she is very conscious of being received. She wants to be seen as highly competent, highly intelligent, um, highly able to do things herself to solve her own problems. Mm-hmm. And kind of like how you said, the her wardrobe and appearance is very much of that like i will engage you you don't engage me kind of yes. thing and she even <laughs> says that towards the end of this episode she's not when tyler is uh, helping her with stuff she she's thrown off she goes i'm sorry i'm just not used to people engaging with me <laughs> which is so funny and i've also seen a lot of discussion online like is she potentially asexual is she potentially autistic 
I don't think we know enough about her character to really say anything, especially in the pilot when we're just like, maybe she's a teenager. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe she's just figuring it out like everyone else in high school. (laughs) Right. And like, we don't know enough because like she is so intentionally closed off. We don't know. Like, does she have crushes? We don't know enough about her yet. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And she also has bigger fish to fry. She's trying to conquer the world. She's not worried about. Oh my God. She has so much important stuff to do. She gets to Nevermore and she's like, all right, I have novels to write. I have things to achieve. And I just wanted, before we continue with the plots, I know we've, we've taken this little detour because you brought up her writing novels. I love, love, love that she named her protagonist one of the little nicknames that her dad calls her viper Viper. so cute viper uh de la muerte is the character i believe Mm -hmm. um i love that she has that side of her where she's writing this uh detective story that's like kind of her but kind of not and it just i don't know i i saw a criticism that wednesday came off as cold and i really disagree with that Okay. I think she is extremely reserved, but I think cold is reserved for people who like don't care. I think Wednesday cares a lot, actually, like a lot of teenagers. She she definitely has an element of caring, but I could see in this first episode it coming off as cold at first. Okay. Off this episode. Sure. I just feel like the hints of smiles we get from her tells me like there's there's more here. There's a deep well of feeling somewhere here. We <laughs> just aren't allowed to see it yet. Right. And I once we get to it, I definitely want to talk about the color schemes that are in this and how I think it very much reflects the characters and foreshadowing some stuff. Mm. But um, so after she uh, getting back on track, she. <laughs> After she enacts uh, revenge on the bullies who are playing water polo, uh, which is a fancy school, a water polo yeah, team. Yeah, it is Nancy Reagan High School. True. Um, <laughs> uh, one of them has a testicle removed from the piranhas and cut to her parents taking her to Nevermore Academy, which I want to talk about. She is now going to be a, like a, a legacy student there with her, both of her parents going there, her mom having such a... A big impact on the school being like in part of all these societies and the mm-hmm. f- captain of the fencing team and all these other things that she tries to do. Um, but Nevermore Academy, I love. Uh, it's one of my favorite things about this. And I know in the last Horror Bites, we talked about how so excited I was for the production design and the visual themes that they're going to have in this. And the, the, the campus itself, it, the architecture even looks like, like what I think of like the Adams Family Manor. Mm-hmm. It looks like it. Um, it's it very much resembles to me like a spooky Hogwarts. It's kind of like tucked away in in the hills of this area, and it looks very fall. And uh, I love it. We learn that the Nevermore Academy was founded in 1791, and I tried to do some digging to see if like that year was like important thematically for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say. <laughs> Uh, according to the uh, Julian calendar, as opposed to the uh, is it Gregorian calendar, the the Roman one, mm-hmm. um, it is 1791. Uh, in the Julian calendar, starts on a Wednesday, which I found. Oh, nice! Is, which is kind of fun, and this is obviously like an academy that's like built built on Edgar Allan Poe or 
maybe he was just like a very famous student there. I and think they he might have been a student. Yeah. I, I t- can't totally tell. Yeah, I think that, like they say that he's a student. And I guess they just decided to like cha- rebrand as Nevermore. Oh, I, I'd assume him. it was the opposite. He was inspired by Nevermore. Oh, interesting. By going there, and then he took the word. Oh, interesting. I I, I like that. I, I'd like that. It's kind of open for interpretation. Uh, yeah. However you want to look at that. But uh, at least there's kind of like pulling the year 1791 into Edgar Allan Poe's life. Um, it's a stretch. I doubt that this actually <laughs> went into anything. But um, 1791 was the year that Edgar Allan Poe's grandmother, Elizabeth Arnold, uh, decided to start her stage acting career. <laughs> Pivotal. Pivotal moment. Um, so... I'm sure that was the, 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 the nice little tip of the hat that, that, that they were wanting to have, it, and that it wasn't the, <laughs> the, the Julian calendar starting on a Wednesday. Um, we learned that there were kind of like uh, four major cliques, the Fangs, the Furs, the Stoners, and the Scales. Um, and we kind of see this quad that has a very Tim Burton-esque twisted tree in the center of the quad. It made me think of Sleepy Hollow a whole bunch. Um, uh, wait, I love I love Wednesday's line when Enid is like, this is the quad. And she, what does she say? This, this is, is a octagon. pentagon. This is oh, a pentagon. this is a pentagon. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's great. And um, oh, yeah, we also meet uh, her her roommate, um, Enid Sinclair. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of getting all out of place here, but, uh, uh, when we, before we meet Enid, we meet the principal, Principal Weems, and we find out that Weems and Morticia were roommates in, a, in Ophelia Hall. Um, and this is, it's cool to see that the, the principal does have like a history with her family mm-hmm. here. And we kind of see like there might be some tension between them. And I thought that there was some cool foreshadowing imagery stuff with us meeting Weems and Morticia in the same room, and then Wednesday meeting um, Enid Sinclair in the dorm. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of want to talk about the color schemes of the characters here for a yeah. second, because when we meet uh, uh, when we meet Principal Weems, she is dressed in all white, and Morticia is dressed in all black. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of showing how much that those two characters are opposites of each other with those two c- color schemes. However, when we meet uh, Enid, she is colorful like she loves color her stained glass windows all that she has different colors in her hair her fingernails are painted different colors she and color is um kind of like a a topic point that they have right there when they first meet and how wednesday is dressed in all black but i don't think so while i think like the the white and black is showing how those characters are kind of opposing or opposites between morticia and principal eames i think that this is foreshadowing um, with Enid being colorful and Wednesday being all black is foreshadowing that they are kind of like part of a pair that like they actually are could be very good friends because because mm. it's not opposites it's actually because the color black is that it's an absorption of all colors and nothing gets reflected very much how she represses everything but Enid shows everything she shows all of her colors so she is the other half mm. of Wednesday in this and that they are actually kind of like a, a dyad if you want to say that they could actually be very good friends with each other because they do complement and complete each other in that sense which i found very interesting and throughout the show we do see that they are friendly to an extent but uh i, I think it's foreshadowing that they are 
that they can be powerful together in some sense. Ooh, I love that. And yeah, I I agree with you. I don't think the show is in any way trying to say that Enid and Wednesday are opposites, more that they are part of the same color spectrum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, as opposed to uh, Weems and Morticia, who are a bit more like, we've met. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, although one thing, I don't know if you're ready to touch on this, um, when they're in the car taking Wednesday to Nevermore, one of the things we learn is that her parents seem to have wanted her to go to Nevermore and she's been resisting. And I feel like part of what we see is she sees her mom in pictures. She sees the interaction with Weems and she's like, you're all over this place and I don't want to be a place that's about you. I, I do like how much her, like how much of a footprint her mom has left on this school. And <laughs> I do too. I want to know more. What were those times like? It also kind of like, I don't, I don't even want to like go ahead and start spinning off like ideas for other shows but like a Morticia and Gomez at Nevermore just like a small like four-part episode that'd be kind of fun <laughs> that would be fun um, um yeah I think yeah at the point we are and the pilot we basically see Wednesday coming up against a bunch of things that are that seem like boundaries or walls or blockers and you're like well how is she gonna get past this one yeah, there are especially with how she sees that she is not really that much of an outcast anymore, and that like these people, mm. they, this is much more of a challenge for her. And even Enid, who seems like in the real world, <laughs> in the normie world, she looks like every other, mm-hmm. or I don't want to say every other, but she looks like she would fit in very well um, right. at Na- Nancy Reagan High School. But like even though she does appear that way, she, as she says, she has some claws, and so she's not. She's very much willing to fight back against Wednesday on, on things, and she's possibly capable of doing that. Um, oh, I love that point when, like, Wednesday. Well, we might be jumping ahead a little bit, but Wednesday basically makes her mark on the room and is like, "Hey, this is half mine," and Enid is like, "Yeah, stay on your side." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I like that Enid is not a pushover character. She's Mm-mm. bright and she's colorful and she tries to be happy and she tries to be upbeat, but she is not going to take your shit. Because she's a werewolf. Werewolves won't back down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do very much enjoy the character of Enid. Um, she's a fun surprise for me. Uh, I wasn't expecting a character like this mm-hmm. in, in the series because I was kind of worried watching the pilot like when we first met her that she would kind of disappear in the background of the show for for the rest of the season and kind of just be like that i don't know that like spunky character that pops up every now and then but <laughs> i like how ingrained in the show she is and how we will we'll occasionally have like little sort of um moments where we're just with her and, and her story arc and things like that um and she she's a cool character because she's like having her own struggles because she hasn't wolfed out yet like the rest of her friends and family and I can't remember if this was in the pilot, so you may have to cut this out, but she's trying to date a Gorgon? The, well, a, a stoner, or is, is that the same thing? That's what the stoners okay. are, yeah. They're, they're Gorgons. Okay. Um, which I didn't realize right away, because I was like, stoner. But yeah, they turn people to stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, it's, she, it's very cute seeing like all like the 
her interest in, in everything. And I love how she introduces Xavier. She goes, um, he's, was he the school's resident, uh, what would she call him? Like the, the, uh, the resident, like a uh, tortured artist or something Tortured like that. artist, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then it cuts to him and he's like spray painting on the wall. He's the painting, he's painting the raven black. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that was, that was clever because we don't, it's like they start with some of these teen stereotypes and they're like, but wait, we're going to have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're gonna, what's this, what does that stereotype look like at Nevermore Academy? Right. Um, <laughs> it's fun. And I do like when, when they are being introduced to each other in their dorm. Uh, we are introduced to their dorm mother, Miss Thornhill, played by Christina Ricci, which I think <gasps> is, it, it's very fun that in a meta sense that she's the dorm mother for, for, um, for for Wednesday in this it's kind of like a cool passing of the torch in a sense I love it although I hated the wig they have her in what is up <laughs> I didn't recognize her at first sorry not like, gonna I, lie. <laughs> I love her I think she's great but that wig woof. let's get a better one next season <laughs> yeah better one and maybe some does she need the glasses to be like as big as her face Yes, because I think it thematically ties into something that we'll see later. Oh, okay. See, like glasses. I'm just kidding. Mm. Um, <laughs> but it is very fun that she is in this. And I I like that they made her, at least like, I like that they made her a normie in this. Mm-hmm. I do have my suspicions that she's a closeted creature of some sort. Mm. I do have my suspicions. But um, anyways, I, I think that's fun. Uh, she's great in this, and then this is when the next thing for Wednesday to kind of like bump up against, and she, when she goes to her fencing class, and Bianca is there, and she sees that Bianca's was she bullying Rowan, or she kind of just really just like kind of kicking his ass at fencing. I mean, I would say like trash talking, maybe some bullying, but we don't really know the social situation yet. Like we're like Wednesday, we walk into this room and we're like. Who's powerful? Who's cool? Who knows who? We don't know anything. And so I don't know if she was bullying so much as like trash talking. Yeah, I, I, it did feel offensive, but I couldn't really put my finger on why. <laughs> it it's just felt hard. aggressive. It's hard because we don't know any of the relationships. So we look at that and we're like, oh, but Bianca is also like a full person character, as we learn throughout the series. Right. But she's also part of the scale. She's one of the sirens. And they, they very much, when, when Enid was uh, explaining the clicks, sort of, the, the sirens very seemed the kind of like the plastics a little yeah. bit from, from Mean Girls. Uh, like they very much like kind of, they think they run school or like there's like at least like their grade and everything and they they very much seem to think very highly of themselves well also bianca we learn used to date tortured artist tyler which is part of the social dynamics too i think his name's xavier uh oh xavier yeah tyler Sorry. is over at the the weather vane yes thank you tyler's the the normie uh barista thank you <laughs> It's also hilarious they made the normie a barista. Um, but uh, so so she 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 meets uh, Bianca and challenges her to fencing. And it, uh, she decides to go to a military challenge with no mask, no tips. And the winner, the winner is the first one to draw blood. And I love that the professor is like, yeah, sure. Let's go for it. 
like she just throws that out there and uh, Bianca's like, uh, is that allowed? And he's like, yeah, this is nevermore. Do whatever. Yeah. Um, but then I love that Wednesday loses mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because she goes so hard at Bianca and it's like, girl, this is not your first day in prison. Like you <laughs> maybe just take a step back and observe. Yeah. But she's like, she throws out like the wildest challenge, totally unnecessary to try to establish some dominance of her own. And she's like, whoops. Yeah, it, it's cool showing that she is, she's not going to walk in here and be the, the dominating figure that, that she thinks she will, will be. And that right. also shows that there's, there's, there's some room for growth. There's some room for learning. <laughs> Which is very important because she's 16 and this is all new to her. And she's been in public schools as far as we know. Mm-hmm. So the only weirdos she's been around has been her family who loves her and actually is extremely supportive. And it's also, I wonder like how much of this is just so different for her too, because like when she does um, throw down the, the thought of having a military challenge, uh, the professor accepts it. In the real world or, you know, outside the normies, <laughs> there would have been guard wa- guardrails for all this that she, so it's almost as if like, maybe she's just used to just, saying stuff like this knowing that it will have a shock factor and that nothing will actually mm. happen because like there's normie rules but there are no normie rules here so now she like has to learn that if she threatens something she has to be, be willing to go through with it that's a good point where if you imagine at nancy rag in high school if she's like all right military rules first blood people would be like no thanks uh 911 yeah <laughs> and so then she gets to be like the cool aggressive like secretly talented but you don't even know how talented fencer and it's probably something so i'm taking this from the 90s movies even though they're not technically part of this universe where gomez at home was a huge fencer and so oh, yeah. we can also like infer maybe she and gomez have been doing this for years and so she thinks she's the best. Yeah. I mean, she, she is good, but yeah, she, she decided to go against the top dog with Bianca. <laughs> On the first day, feel out your opponents. Yeah. But again, she's. I think it's great because we get all of these glimpses of her personality mm-hmm. without her having to say what these things are. Exactly. Yeah, no, it, 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 it's very good. I enjoy all of that. And this um i guess there's kind of like moving on a little bit from the fencing she she loses and she gets a cut on her forehead and th- this part of the episode i have some gripes with not because of what actually happens but just how it feels like very much a rinse and repeat for 10 minutes mm. um because she goes to the infirmary gets a bandage rowan is there and i don't know i kind of felt he's kind of given this whole spiel about how he's an outcast among outcasts and everything they're talking with each other and I was like, are they like trying to like show that there's like I was like, are they trying to establish chemistry here? Like I can't tell like why they they kind of did this, but um Oh, I thought it was trying to show like he's a Pugsley equivalent and she potentially has the power to protect him. Uh yeah, how she's kind of always this is another interesting point, how she's always kind of wanting to stand up to the bully and help out the person that is being bullied or oppressed in some way. Right. So I think that's a part of the, her personality. And he sees that and is trying to appeal to that part of her. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then 
as she leaves the infirmary, the infirmary a gargoyle almost falls on her, but then Xavier pushes her out of the way, and then she's right back in the infirmary because she got passed out uh, or knocked out. Um, that was so weird, but also the way it looked like someone above is like pushing it down on her, and we can't see who it is. I couldn't tell. Like I honestly, I I couldn't tell if there if I did see someone or not. There was definitely someone manipulating that thing, like the way it moved. Mm-hmm. But then you're like, did how did Xavier know? Did he have a vision? Because we find out he has a he also has a parent with visions. Well, he has a yes, yes, he does have a parent with visions, but so does as we learn later on, Rowan. Uh, his mom is a seer. Mm-hmm. Was a great seer. Uh, we, we will get to that. Um, and then she wakes up, and then so this is this is the part I felt like I felt very like rinse and repeat. Like, we're going to send her to the infirmary like immediately after she leaves. Okay, um, but uh, she she wakes up to Xavier there by her side, and he uh, kind of says how like this was, uh, or she she first says, uh, "What is this kind of like your uh, what, what how she phrases it? Uh, she she uh, she's such a wordsmith. I forget how she says it, but basically how like." He saved her just so that way she could like owe him one or something like that. Oh and, like, yeah, kind of place to that patriarchal thing of like saving a damsel in distress sort of thing. Well, also someone going out of their way to save her, who is not related to her, probably hasn't happened before. True. Yeah, because I'm not sure how many people would have <laughs> gone out of their way in public schools for her. Yeah. Yeah, and he explains how they do have a history. When he was 10, she saved him from being cremated alive. Um, it's, it's kind of a fun, cute story, but uh, he, I think that it's, it's showing that he, he very much has an interest in her. Right, even though she doesn't remember, which is also kind of weird. Yeah, well, she, she, she remembers when, once he starts priming her memory. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. I heard your screams coming mm. from inside the coffin. That's right. Yeah. Um. So you know, we're kind of seeing. You know, she's she has. It's not just her. It's cool because it's. It, I think it's kind of showing that it's not just her mom that has history with people in this place. She also does. She just may not realize it that mm. these people have, at yeah. some point or another, been been involved in her life, and she just maybe doesn't realize that yet. Or she's just been like turning away from this world. True. Yeah. She's just been rejecting it. For, yeah. Um. We do see that she has uh, court-ordered uh, counseling sessions with Doctor. Is it is it Kibbit or Nibbit or Kin Kinbot Kinbit Kinbot Kinbot Kinbot? Um, she she goes and visits visits her. Um, and you know this is when we find out she's been writing these stories with the Viper character and the Viper and her mom don't get along. Um, it, it, it's cool. It's very self-reflective of her. And yeah. Her writing is maybe her own therapy. Um, can we talk about how the the doctor, Doctor Kimbot, is another character who is blonde and soft and bright? At least at first glance, that's what we get of her. Mm-hmm. Yes. Also, can you imagine being like the town psychiatrist, and they're like, "Oh, because you decided to work in Jericho, that means you're going to get." Uh, uh, patients that have special abilities because Nevermore is just down the street. So she has to like, it's interesting. Okay, to, that was weird. That. <laughs> Why wouldn't they have their own psychiatrist and therapist who know about all the weird shit? Because it seems like Kinbot, it, as much as the town knows that Jericho is there, they don't understand who goes there. You mean Nevermore? 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it, that is an interesting point that there isn't like a school counselor for that. But I don't know if a court order would like accept that. Oh, that's a good point. I mean, Nevermore should still have like a mediator or something or a <laughs> psychiatrist for like. I don't know, vision madness? Like, you can't really take that to a regular doctor. True, true, true. <laughs> um, that is interesting. I, it's something I didn't really think about till now, about how <laughs> odd that kind of is. And also just being at her spot and, like, having to help out these adolescents that, right? are, that haven't what wolfed out of, yet or something. What you know? kind of training do you get for that? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it'll be revealed at some point that she went to Nevermore as a normie, or like maybe she just knows, just is just really good friends with Weems and Weems trusts her. I mean, I definitely had the thought, what if she's the Marilyn of the show, where like she came from that world, but she doesn't have powers? Oh, cool. Interesting. I don't know. That's just a theory. Kind of like the Christine Ricci character in this, but I think yeah. she's a closeted creature. I don't know. <laughs> Um, so here we get Wednesday's uh, escape attempt and she goes over to the weather vane cafe, um, which I just realized that kind of rhymes. And this is where she meets Tyler and it felt kind of tropey, her fixing a piece of machinery, uh, just to like stick out. It's like, oh, wow, this young girl knows how to work tools. Um, I found that like kind of tropey, but it's like, it's also kind of cute. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the the thing they struggle with here is both trying to establish her as like a Jill of all trades, where she has learned a lot. She has a bunch of skills that you wouldn't expect, but she's a 16-year-old impulsive teenager who doesn't really understand the world. Mm -hmm. It's a hard line to balance. It is. And then she meets kind of her next challenge, who is Tyler, uh, the sheriff's son. And he's a challenge in the sense that he isn't weirded out by her a whole lot um he wants to help her just out of just to be genuine and and it's it's conflicting to her because she's not used to people being like this well also she doesn't know if he's totally genuine true because she doesn't know this town she doesn't know what's going on here she's just trying to use him as a tool to get out and he is the nicest seeming easiest available tool at her convenience and also, he's not as threatening, too. Right. Like, he's actually weirded out by her, but open. True. Yeah. yeah I think that is a very good way to, to describe that. He is open to her strangeness. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of strangeness, in walk these three douchebags dressed as pilgrims. And they start, like, they pick a fight with her. It's, it's very oh random. God. Um. And as they walked in, I was like, y'all are fucking dressed as pilgrims. Y'all are the weird I ones. I know. Like, you're so cool. Yeah. Um, and, like, what, I forget what she says. Like, they're dressed like Puritans. And they're talking about how, like, we're at Pilgrim World as if that's, like, a cool thing. That sounds a, like the worst, the worst theme park ever. <laughs> it sounds miserable. I would, I mean, I would hate, I don't know if it real Pilgrim World exists, but fuck that. I would hate to work there or something like that. That sounds terrible. I would much, 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 much rather work at the Weather Vane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the Weather Vane isn't the center of this town and seemingly why it exists. I think it is the center. Everyone's fucking going there. That's like, true. Like, <laughs> I, well, we don't know that yet. We don't know that yet. Future episodes. Sorry. Sorry. We don't know. Sorry. I mean, it's the cafe. I mean, that's where people fucking go. I don't know. Okay, but, but yes, 
Tyler agrees to give her a ride after his shift. <laughs> he won't be bought, which is an important part of his character. She's True. like, if I give you money, will you take me now? And he's like, no. And she's like, I'll give you more money. And he's like, still no. I have a job and I'm working it. If you want to mm-hmm. wait. And like that tells a lot about the character. And we're like, okay, maybe he's not awful. Maybe he's not evil. Maybe he's not afraid of her. Yeah. Yeah. Or he could also be a secret you know, uh, I don't know how to say it, but secret witch hunter. I don't know. The thing to know in this show is everyone you look at could be a secret monster slash weirdo slash normie. Like, we truly don't know mm-hmm. where people's allegiances lie at this point. His openness does make me speculate if he is a closeted creature, mm-hmm. but he's hiding it from his dad because his dad has a huge prejudice against nevermore most of the town does have a prejudice against nevermore so that's like why he's trying to hide that so much i mean Um, maybe yeah we i don't know i so one of the things when i like tweeted about this episode i was like the actor playing tyler is like so cute and so earnest and like really doing that like openness so well that i was like He's going to be a secret killer or something. It's suspicious how <laughs> nice you are. Yes. <laughs> Which is kind of like all of us being Wednesday when we're like, why are you nice? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, what are you getting out of this? You don't want money. What do you, what do you want? Um, it's a good point. Uh, I do like his character. Uh, he does seem too nice sometimes, but um, I, do, I do like him. I do like him. And they show kind of like Wednesday. He butts heads against his his dad a lot and they don't mm-hmm. see eye to eye on a lot of things and he doesn't um i don't know if they've really established if he's like trying to get outside of his dad's shadow or doesn't want to be like his dad but there's at least that he doesn't get along with his parents like how wednesday doesn't get along with her mom yeah um but so she ends up beating up these three pilgrim world uh douchebags <laughs> which is fantastic um and jenna ortega i love like, how you said earlier like stone cold flat effect the entire time um, it's honestly very impressive how how she's mm-hmm. able to do that. It is the sheriff then reveals a little nugget here that Gomez may ha- may have been involved in a murder case Ooh. several years ago. I love that they're kind of planting these seeds here, uh, and it, it it did raise a lot of like red flags. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa what was that? And we just we, the show just moved on. I was like, yeah. whoa, 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 that that sounds important. Uh, <laughs> Gomez possibly being a murderer. Um, I, I, ha- do you like that the show is kind of like planting these seeds, like how much of a history her parents have in this town, in the school? Yeah, I do. Because I think her parents talk it up, the principal talks it up, and now we're like, okay, they really like had a bunch of experiences here. This was important to who they are as people. And what I find interesting is how little interest she shows at this point in that information. Because mm-hmm. she's still like, okay, I'm getting the F out of here. And she's still like, all right, Tyler, like, I'm going to meet you later and you're going to drive me to the train station. Yeah. I almost wonder if she's just not surprised. She's like, yeah, okay, yeah, my dad tried to kill someone, so what? Um, <laughs> that might be it, too, where she's like, okay. Yeah, she goes, cool, yeah. <laughs> I dig that. that I'll ask him about that when I get where I'm going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's fun. Um. Then we get, I think this is maybe my favorite part of the episode, when we get this cool montage of Wednesday. Uh, She is playing painted black on the cello, and we're kind of getting this montage of Tyler getting the police files for Gomez. Mm -hmm. 
also see Rowan getting this mysterious book with the illustration of a fire, a pilgrim, and a small Magically. Girl. Magically getting a mysterious book. He he is in some weird chamber and he holds out his hand and the book flies into his hand and we're like, ooh. It was cool. It was very, very, very cool. And uh, this painted black montage is fantastic and mm-hmm. it is on Spotify and I have been listening to it. I have too. I love it. <laughs> it's very fun. Um, and I like how... Uh, we've kind of forgotten to mention this, but Thing is here and is was spying on her, but she found him. And I love how when she's playing this thing, it's just turning the pages for her. Yeah. Um, it, it's very fun. And the the new, what I'm calling new design of Thing with him having stitches like around some of his knuckles and the palm and stuff like that. It's, it's fun and I clever. love it. I like it a lot. I really like it. I think it's a really hard sell to be like, yep, it's an animate hand. <laughs> And don't ask more questions. We, we do have that moment with, with Enid. She goes, where's the rest of him? And I love her answer of that's one of the great Adams Family's mysteries. Um, yeah, that's great. I love that. Don't explain it. I love it. Which I've never, <laughs> ever, ever thought about. Where is the rest of him? For some reason, <laughs> I've never thought about that. It's great. Uh, and I, I spent way too much time thinking about the biology of thing. Throughout this. Okay, it's not real. I know. Well, hold on, <laughs> hold on. But he, because he sees, he he's able to see right. things. So I'm, I'm like, okay, he doesn't have eyes. So I'm just like, oh, is his whole hand just covered in photoreceptors? That's like really cool. Because like in theory, Thing could have a 360 view of the room because I'm assuming he has photoreceptors all over the skin. That's fucking creepy. Um, I thought. <laughs> I did not think that at all. I was just like, haunted hand. I'm thinking photoreceptors. All right. Somebody draw that, please. That would be horrifying. <laughs> um, it's great. It's great. And the, the actor doing the hand acting in this is very funny. I love how- Oh, amazing. The, like, kind of like all like the bowing it does and how it decides to answer questions and things like that. Are you it's, saying it's it? Because I'm saying he. I think I was, I don't know what I was saying. Uh, <laughs> I think thing is, a, or a they. I think thing is a they, not an it. Okay. They. They. Because well, I think. That is confusing because there is a cousin it and we can't get those confused. That's true. But Wednesday seems to treat thing like a person. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yes, yeah, she does. Um, I have to go back well, next time when I pop, when I fire it back on, I'll see because I can't remember if she has used pronouns for thing. I definitely think she said you. I will report back after, <laughs> after I watch the episodes. Um, but anyways, it's just you know, I have this painted back, painted black montage, and then Enid and Wednesday have a moment here where Enid gets very emotional that she cannot wolf out yet or hasn't wolfed out yet, and we don't know if she ever will. And this is kind of when Wednesday explains why she doesn't share her her emotions or anything like that, how she kind of like buries them. And I love how during this whole conversation, uh, Wednesday, Wednesday and Enid, they're on their respective sides of the stained mm-hmm. glass window that is behind them. It is uh, very great. And again, I think it's like getting back to the whole like, color theme of how Enid is very much open about her emotions. She lets them reflect back out to the world while Wednesday, very much like the color black is repressing and not giving a whole lot of feedback back. Um, 
she tells this very sad story. Oh my god, it's so sad. I actually did not rewatch that part. I fast forwarded it because I did find it so sad. It's very sad. She tells this sad story about when she was young. She had a pet scorpion, Nero, and these bullies killed it in front of her, and she oh. buried it and cried. And it's so um, sad. It's very sad. I, I, I did, did not appreciate that. And I, again, I found it interesting that in the flashback, it's still very bright and vivid and. It's almost like at one point in her life, it was very bright and optimistic and everything. And then as soon Mm -hmm. as Nero died, even at Nero's funeral, is when color starts to shade away and it's a little bit more of like a browner hue Mm. to that flashback scene. And now she is fully black in present day. So I found that all interesting. So now we're kind of like at the carnival scene and she's trying to plot her escape with Tyler. Yeah, we get to the carnival which, by the way, is a town thing, not a Nevermore thing. Correct. It's like a town harvest fest or something like that. Like mm-hmm. a end of summer fair, county fair, carnival kind of thing. And the only reason Wednesday goes is so she can escape with Tyler. She's not just going to a carnival. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Th- <laughs> this is her plot. Yeah. She's going to escape at the carnival. And I think that she... Did she let Enid in on this? Because yeah, Enid kind of have like a goodbye when they get there. Yeah, she, I think, is letting Enid know, like, don't worry about me. I'm going to disappear. Have a good life. And Enid's mm. like, oh, okay, if you really want to. <laughs> yeah, I, I do like that Enid isn't so much of like trying to stop her from this or trying to rat her out. She's like, all right, it's your life. You decide what to do. Yeah, like Enid is so emotionally like vulnerable and expressive about herself, which is so wonderful, but she's not trying to control everybody else. True, true. Yeah. And I think that kind of what we learned later on in the show about the relationship with her and her parents, that's kind of It like makes how more she, sense. She doesn't want to be treated that way. Yeah. Um, but I do like, you know, <laughs> at, at this carnival scene um, or sequence, whatever. I did find it odd when she is winning the giant panda bear that she uses that to distract uh, Principal Weems. This was the strangest part of it because Principal Weems looks at the panda bear for like a split second. And then yeah, it gone. literally wouldn't distract. And also, Wednesday, Weems is not your equal. No. And like she doesn't know that yet because she thinks she's like the smartest. But um mm-hmm. Weems is a lot smarter than Wednesday knows. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, it's anyways, just a really weird thing. Probably could have played it, been uh, orchestrated a little bit differently. But uh, oh well. Uh, she meets up with Tyler, who shows her the police files for Gomez, and they are being chased by those three pilgrim douchebags. And she <laughs> has, she has a vision of Rowan being attacked. Oh wait, because she. She bumps into Rowan mm-hmm, right, at yeah. the carnival because she's right. on her way out and then she bumps into Rowan and gets a vision. Mm-hmm, yeah, she gets a vision of him being attacked, but it's not just that. It's also the, 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 like, that secret society, the book mm-hmm. he has, and something on fire. I couldn't tell if that was the quad tree or something else I in I think it was Square. the quad tree on fire. Okay. okay. So, yeah, so she's getting like all these visions, but it kind of ends on... Or the the main takeaway is Rowan's death mm-hmm. in it. So she she chases him into the woods, and this is where we have a turn 
in Rowan's character and kind of like also kind of like a mystery to the plot in that he has telekinetic powers and he pins her up against a tree and he's saying that his mother was a great seer and then when she went to Nevermore she I guess wrote or drew in that book Mm -hmm. of the image of the fire with the pilgrim and the small girl and that she foresaw that Rowan would be able to um, protect the school from this destroyer that he believes is Wednesday which is like uh, it's it's very much like my mom said I'm special. Um, yeah, the logic is really bad until you're like, oh, these are a bunch of like messed up 16 year olds. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> like, my mom said I was going to do this. I was kind of like, oh my God, get over <laughs> yourself, dude. Um, so also your mom might have been prejudiced too because like maybe she just didn't like the idea of this person coming in, well, into yeah, the school. There's, there's actually so much behind this where you're like, Rowan, that is one possibility, but you don't have time to get into that even because he goes after Wednesday mm-hmm. and is like, I have to stop this. Yeah. He's like willing to kill her right there, I think. Oh my God. Seriously. Even though before he was like, hey, maybe help me. And now he's like, you have to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. And so then she is rescued by this monster thing that comes and um pr- kills kills rowan but does it it acknowledges wednesday but it runs off it does not attack her it specifically attacks rowan which is mm-hmm. possibly a clue to like what's going on here but um yeah this monster comes and i gotta say the design of the beast i'm not a huge fan of I hated the design. I hate the design. I a long time Tim Burton fan. Love his weird faces and bodies and shapes in other settings. Mm-hmm. But you can't just drop like a corpse bride monster into the <laughs> real world. Oh my goodness. It it looks like a video game monster in the weirdest way. Mm-hmm. It does. It 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 just uh, it's the eyes really it's the eyes they're all silly why are they so silly it's goofy i wonder if it's because i just wonder if it's because he's not wanting to the show to be scary or whatever because we uh, just watched a student get murdered true but it was very <laughs> it was done in, in a very pg-13 way um yeah but this monster is not even pg-13 this is like a g monster yeah with the yeah. way it looks yeah uh, i'm not, not i don't a big get fan. it i don't, I don't get don't... it i i thought maybe it would be explained at some point in the show like does it look a particular way because it's based on like a drawing somewhere or you know like some kind of weird magic mm-hmm. that made something that like shouldn't exist yeah um yeah. and i won't spoil anything but it doesn't really get explained like that. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Um, not a big fan of the monster, but it's interesting that it it makes a conscious choice to not attack Wednesday. Um, so Leaving's possibility is this someone she knows? Is it another? Oh, character? especially because we know it's been ripping people apart in the forest. Mm-hmm. It's not just Rowan. We didn't talk about how the show opens. With a guy who I thought was a monster, but no, he just gets ripped apart in the Nevermore Woods. I thought he was a monster too. So we're talking about the guy <laughs> that gets dropped off by the pickup truck and he yes. goes 
into the woods and he had like a werewolf camp counselor and he's accepting of the Nevermore Right, he's people. like, I- I'm not worried about Nevermore. It's fine. So you're like, uh-oh. Mm-hmm. And, but he, I thought he was maybe a vampire because the thermos is this very vivid red liquid <laughs> that he pulls out. I was like, that's either like youth berry tea from Tavana or <laughs> that is blood. But we never find out because he gets ripped apart in the woods. Mm-hmm, like, almost immediately, um, which I was kind of surprised that it happened so quickly, but you know what? I'm here for it. Give me, give me a high body count. But that's uh, what I mean. <laughs> this show already is not kid safe. I, I don't know. I feel, I don't know. I feel like I would be okay letting kids watch this, I think. I don't know. <laughs> You're giving me some, some side eye. Yeah, uh, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know. I guess it's up for debate. But um, <laughs> anyways, so, yeah, and that, like, that's kind of the mystery that this leaves for, for the show. What was Gomez involved in? Um, what is, is Wednesday a bigger, uh, like, part of some sort of, like, possible prophecy that Rowan's mother had? Who is this monster? Is it someone she knows? Is it a character we haven't even met yet? Does it even transfa- transform back into a human? Right. Um, and the show does this. I love they have treated this show so different, differently from the the other Netflix shows. And one of the examples is that at the end of the pilot, we get this fun this season on Wednesday montage. Oh yeah, I, I liked that. It's it's cute and like old fashioned. It is. I love it, and I love how it's not just that. Like they do that, and then the opening for like the rest of the episodes is kind of like this very cool black and white title screen. With no, like, I don't believe they even do, like, the the opening theme for mm-hmm. it. It's very cool. And on Netflix, something I really like, too, is that, you know how when you ho- hover over title cards in Netflix, it starts to play it a little bit? Yeah. They don't do that for Wednesday. It's just the, the storm plays, but there's no oh, actual content that's being played. It's, very, it's, it's actually very soothing. It's, like, kind of like one of the ambient <laughs> YouTube videos I'll put up every now and then when I'm working. Um, so I love how they've been treating the show and that's, um, that's the first episode of Wednesday. Yeah. I, I really, so I like it partly because sometimes it feels like there's nowhere like this on TV to hang out. Mm-hmm. And I, I will say like, I didn't need the murder mystery or like the monster mystery. I really want to hang out at Nevermore. I want to meet the other students. I want to meet the professors. I want them to go to classes. What do they learn? Right, yeah, no, it, it's great. I, I do want more of that. I love just hanging out at Nevermore. I love all of the establishing shots they do whenever we oh. do return back. It looks yeah. beautiful. I believe I, I think I seen the screenshot of this, but I was reading in Total Film that they filmed this in, I believe, Bulgaria? Was it Romania? Or, or Romania. I think, I can't remember exactly. I thought it was Romania. I'm trying to look back but yeah, either the screenshot I sent you. <laughs> I can't be expected to remember that kind of thing. <laughs> you are right. This was shot in Romania. Nice. Yeah. Really, really beautiful shots. Mm-hmm. And it's the, oh my God, the school location is the Carpathian Mountains, which sounds Ooh. nice. Um, um, yeah. That sounds very spooky. <laughs> but I do, I do love, here's the thing. I see a lot of comparisons to Harry Potter. And one thing I want to say is like, 
Harry Potter was not the first to do like a weird magic school in the mountains surrounded by mysterious woods. Um, and also, I hope Wednesday goes in a very different direction mm. than Harry Potter went with um, their story, basically. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I will say I did get a lot of Harry Potter vibes watching this, but not to the detriment of the show. It was right. It was very much like, okay, I do like want to hang out here, and um, I, I do like all the stuff that they have, the stuff that they have like in the future episodes, like the Poe Cup and things like that. Yeah. Um, it's a cool place to hang out at. It is. It's really fun. I want to spend more time in the school. I want to explore the grounds. And I want to explore that interesting chamber with the books where Rowan was. Mm. What was that? What are all those books? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, I love it. I also want to see what their cafeteria looks like. I haven't seen that. I want to know what's on the <laughs> menu. I really do. Oh, my God. Let's take a deep dive into the kitchens of Nevermore. Please. That's the behind the scenes I want to see. Please. Yes. I. <laughs> oh, do you... I really want to know if they have like a sports like sports teams that play the other high schools. <gasps> OK, here's a question. Are there other high schools like Nevermore or. What I suspect is this one of the only one slash the only one, and that's why there's so much of a fusion of different types of people. Oh, that is an excellent question. Because the the variety of like mystical talents and creatures and cryptids and just all the stuff, like you know, even though there are those four clicks, there are people outside of those, mm-hmm. like. What is Gomez and why did he come to Nevermore? Oh, fun. Right? We don't even know. Why was he here? Well, uh, it gets into stuff that we learn in other episodes. But I know. We're talking about the pilot. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, you're right. Um, I, never, I didn't think about that. Are there other Nevermore boarding schools like out there? That's... Uh, I want. I need like a whole like comic series now. Of, oh my god! Yeah, I would be super into that. Yeah, uh, I, I I think that they've they've really struck lightning with this with the developing Nevermore and the the lore around all this. The characters are all good. I like all the characters. Um, it, yeah, this is I great. think that's one of the best parts. Is uh, it's so funny. Like we make fun of characters like Enid for being so open, but people who are emotionally vulnerable and earnest are the people we love like that's who we connect with that's how we feel safe and like there's a there's a point of view here that i can sit with mm-hmm. yeah because yeah. we're not all wednesday some people are and that's fine but some of us are not wednesday right yeah not <laughs> not all of us are the protagonist um but you yeah, know I, I like enid a lot i really like all of the characters and like bianca she does seem complex and yeah there's intrigue yeah what's going on with bianca yeah i guess like the only one i'm kind of like i don't want to say i dislike because i don't really dislike anyone in this but the only one i kind of roll my eyes out a little bit is xavier because he's just a little too moody sometimes (laughs) i agree i feel like wednesday stay away from him let him deal with his own drama yeah yeah exactly (laughs) i sometimes get that about tyler too but he's at least He's he's open. I don't know. It's the earnestness, the Mm -hmm. earnestness that these actors are are showing in their characters is really wins you over. Mm -hmm. It does. Um, And I'll even say the same of Jenna Ortega. Like 
when you get a smile out of Wednesday, you're like, yeah, okay. You, you know that's important, and like it did something, um, right? Like it, this it, matters. She's just so good. I know we talked about it on the last horror press or horror press uh, horror bites episode, but um, she, she she is having this. Is has to be like one of like the biggest like careers of like an actor, like that because she's put out I feel like three or four horror movies this year that were mm-hmm. all mainstream and everybody liked her characters in this. She became a instant scream new like favorite character for a lot of people. Um and now she's doing Wednesday too. And she's it's it's crazy how the the seeing her career like this. Um it's it's very cool. Very excited to see what else that she'll bring to the table. Um and she's also so young. Uh she's, she's only, only twenty. She's only twenty. Yeah. So wow. she was probably only like eighteen when she did Scream. Um yeah, wow. she, yeah, it's, and that's another thing about Wednesday too, is that you, she is, she looks very young and she also is very small. So it's kind of like, she is very tough and we've seen she is extremely capable of most in any challenge, but you do ha- kind of have this sense of like, but she does look vulnerable. Like, I don't know, <laughs> I want to make sure nothing happens. <laughs> but like, that is also accurate because she's playing a 16 year old who doesn't know what she's in for and isn't actually ready for all the stuff that's going to come her way, but she thinks she's ready, and that's where drama comes from. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I I really enjoyed the pilot. I think the pilot is a thing I will come back to again and again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Th- this one's a lot of fun. It establishes a lot of stuff. Um, if people want more at uh, some point in the near future, we will be discussing the entire series as a whole for like one episode. One big old spanking episode that will be over on the Patreon. Uh, links in the show notes for that, but it's patreon.com slash Horror. And currently, we also have, there's a bonus episode out there right now you listen to, which uh, Orly and I uh, did a lightning round movie review of sorts of what we watched during October. And we both uh, recounted our own 2022 Halloween nights, uh, our own stories, how... <laughs> wholesome or embarrassing they were <laughs> uh you could go listen to that on patreon right now um i also want to shout out horrorpress horrorpress.com great website lots of fun stuff coming there uh i know i have the plug at the beginning of this but they do have a review of the mean one that's on there right now if you want to go check that out but um yeah i think i think i've said everything i want to say about wednesday episode one wednesday's child is full of woe Awesome. All right, guys. Uh, this is the last episode for 2022. So enjoy the holidays. Enjoy the New Year's. Be safe. And we'll be back in January. I believe the first episode is going to be the, my conversation I had with Ellie, a bad critic. We discussed 1931's Dracula with Ooh. Bella Lugosi, the goat. Um, that was a very fun discussion. I'm excited for people to listen to that. Nice. All right, folks. Well, be sure to watch some good movies and enjoy the holidays. See you on the other side. Bye. Bye. Thank you.